Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another edition of the Coffee Cast with Cation and Ruben, powered by Behind the Racket. Mike Cation and Noah Rubin joining you from the U.S. Open. We're recording this after, unfortunately, Noah has been bounced from this tournament. And Noah, I, I, I have to admit, I was upstairs broadcasting myself. I, I didn't get to your match yesterday in, in doubles. It looked like it was fiery, competitive. Some opportunities were there for you. 7-4 in a third set tiebreak dubs. Yeah, God, it was brutal. Yeah, but it was a cool atmosphere. Honestly, I mean, we took it super seriously. Um, <laughs> no, we actually did. I swear. I don't think you're I supposed s- to say that, though. I swear. Well, you know, there's a there's a a scale. Of yes, these of course. Pikowski, Noah Rubin, and and this was high level tennis. I think you know we played some great tennis in the first set, and honestly, what we're looking at right now is this what they call the neighborhood now, I guess, yeah. the street courts. It's a really cool atmosphere. You had New Yorkers going crazy. It was a lot of fun. Beautiful night sky. Uh, we did get called on a net touch by Ty Kwiatkowski to give them a break point in the first game of the third. Really? When a ball just hit the net. Okay. And that one that one put us over the edge a little bit. Mm. But, uh, yeah, we got a break back when they were serving for it. Crazy fun, and that ends my time here at the Open. I will say, um, in in talking to you and, and frankly dealing with you over the last few days, you told me when we were doing our interview with Jamie Loeb how hectic and stressful these couple of weeks are for you. And now having kind of experienced it with you, just kind of, I sense what you mean because you were a mess the last few days. Yeah, exhausted. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. All I know is... I get done with the open, 10-hour day, let's say. I just want to shower against my bed. It's just you just crave that feeling of cleanliness yes. and quiet. And honestly, after my match last night, it was 9.30, let's say. Yeah. It was so peaceful. Yeah, you looked much better today, <laughs> i got to be honest. I, you know, I was just hanging outside by the court. There's nobody really around. I was just like, oh, I need this fresh air here. And I just got a second to think. And, yeah, I mean, you know, what I thought was going to be really exhausting was really exhausting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there were definitely moments I enjoyed, and obviously a lot of things happened with Behind the Racket. We're doing a lot of great work here, and I'm excited about all of that. Um, a lot of opportunity at the U.S. Open. Yeah. I just want to sleep. Yeah, I understand I that sleep. feeling. God. Yeah, for you. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm complaining, you can complain double. No, it's been fun. I, I've been doing the night sessions, starting yes. at 7, going until last ball. And if you know me from my challenger work, you know that I'm used to doing long hours but doing radio broadcasting is absolutely the most exhausting thing i do in the year 
and I'm tired, and I like it. Um, but yeah, this this whole getting up in the morning at 9:30 because I can't sleep physically. I can't sleep any later after going to bed at three. It's absurd. <laughs> um, it, it's on top of it. Our hope was to try to get a guest for today. It's amazing how many people just think they're going to have time and then don't because they're pulled in so many different directions here at a Grand Slam. I mean, when I am talking to, whether it's ATP officials, whatever it is, people that are just around, they're like, I can meet this time. They're like, well, let's make it 15 minutes. They're like, well, I can't do it today. Right. And it's just it's a consistent thing. So, yes, there's so much opportunity. And you have anybody who's ever seen a tennis ball yes. here. Yes. But they're all doing something. It seems like everybody's busy, which seems impossible, but it literally happens. And, you know, we're doing the best we can. We should have a couple more guests, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we, I think there's going to be one that we're going to be recording a little bit after you and I get together. You may or may not be here because of the fact you're getting ready for New Haven as we speak. Yes. Um, and if that happens, I will insert it here. <laughs> Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. These weeks are really tough. Yes. Um, For anybody. Yes. And I'm wondering how you're feeling now because... Here, here's the thing from the player's perspective, and we're going to get into the meat of what we're wanting to talk about today, which is Coco Goff in just a second. But you now don't have a slam to look forward to, if you will, for several months. Not till, in fact, next year. How do you guys as players, once this slam is over, how do you approach what's happening over the next few months when you are still out there playing, but it's kind of like, oh, God, just get me to the off season? We deal with a lot of questions from non-tennis fans that say your, your season's over, right? right? You're done now. The Open's done, so you must be done. And I'm like, no, we have a very fun three months ahead of us. So for me, I take it as a challenge. You've been around times where I've done extremely well this part of the year, extremely poorly, have yeah. injuries. Anything can happen. And that's really what this part of the year is all about is if you could stay mentally healthy and physically healthy, which is very difficult to do. On both parts, after this long hard season stretch, hardcore season stretch, you can have some great success. But it comes a time where you're like, it's got to be November. It's got to be Thanksgiving already. Right. I mean, you say that. Honestly, last year I probably said that about four times throughout these three months. So um, for me, I take it as a challenge, and I want to see how I can handle this. And also, this is a really exciting time for Behind the Racket as well. So if I can combine both of those... And I understand that my tennis also has a direct impact on how behind the racket grows. Yeah. So and the podcast. What podcast? And the podcast. Your tennis success has a direct impact on the podcast, which is a part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Catch us there. But so it all it all goes hand in hand. Yeah. 
It really does. So I use it as just let's see what I can do. Let's see how great my body feels. And hopefully I play well in, like, Charlottesville that late in the year. Yeah, <laughs> that is coming up uh, Halloween week every single year. We are in Charlottesville. The podcast is sponsored by New Balance. Go visit all of the new looks at newbalance.com. One of the people wearing the new looks from New Balance, and I have to say it is fantastic. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I have. Coco Golf, the greenish tint. Tints, yes. Have you seen what it actually is? So the design pattern that Coco is wearing, if you zoom in on it, it's tennis courts. It's all tennis courts patterns all across her, her two-piece top mm. and skirt. And on top of it, the shoes with Call Me Coco. Call Me Coco, yes, I saw that. Um, cool which outfit. I, I do love the outfit very much, and I'm not just saying that because they are the sponsor of the podcast. I actually think it's, it's different. It's unique. Um, that's one thing. Yes, yes, that's one thing that New Balance does is they try to make things that are a little bit more unique to their players because they don't sign a lot of players, which I really like. Obviously, top players for Nike, top players for Adidas do get their own gear, but as you know all too well, everybody else just kind of gets yes. one or we all two look like outfits. We're on the same team in very individual sports. But with Coco Golf, obviously, uh, so much marketing is going to be behind her, and that's what we want to talk about today: is a 15-year-old. Are they able to handle that type of pressure? Are they cognizant of what's happening in front of them? So let's, let's talk about it this in a couple of ways. Number one, in terms of what she's able to do on the tennis court. The WTA has rules put in place so that there are limits to how many tournaments you get to play within a year. It's actually, for a 15-year-old, it's 10. The okay. WTA loosened that restriction for Coco this year so that she could play 12. They came under fire even from Roger Federer saying that they need to loosen it even more. From your perspective, how, how does that work? Because this was something that was put in place to protect, protect teenagers it. back when Jennifer Capriati was 13 in 1994. I don't think it's a good answer. I think this is it's so relative, the term understanding. Hmm. You know, you hope she has a an extremely supportive team around her that not only cares about her success as a tennis player and businesswoman and whatever she becomes, but as a person first and foremost. And now you have somebody this young, this successful, does she understand what's going to come with it? What that actually entails? Yeah. What playing this many tournaments a year entails? What, I mean, it's not only the tennis, it's the travel, it's the interviews, it's this and that. And does she actually understand? And this is what I argue. I don't think she does. And do I think it's kind of a pro-choice kind of thing where she should have... Wait, we're talking about abortion now? No? Okay. Can we edit this out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she has to have the understanding and she has to have the knowledge and I don't think she does. And that is such a tough thing Why to say. Why do you say that? Because it comes with experience. There's so many things I thought I knew yeah. and I pat myself on the back way too often and say that I, I like to think that I'm pretty intellectual and now with even four years of experience I'm like I had no idea and here's a girl that's 15 that people are asking so much of her yeah does she know what it entails does she know what a full year of playing and interviews and being in the limelight and all of that combined I don't know I think back to something you've said about your junior career on um, a couple occasions during our podcast is the idea that when you were a junior and you would go with your dad to these tournaments and it would be maybe 10 tournaments a year. 
So you could save up all of your energy. Everything was focused on that particular week. And then you didn't really have to worry about anything else the next week. She's been able to do that. You think, obviously, about the run at Wimbledon. When this podcast gets released, she will either be in the fourth round having knocked off Naomi Osaka or or will have lost to Osaka two days ago. And so, obviously, we don't know that as we're recording it. But I think that's the one that concerns me most is she doesn't know the rigors of playing back-to-back weeks. Yes. I mean, that that is one of the toughest parts about tennis, not only getting your body in the physical state to play, but just to travel back and forth, you could be going from New York to Europe, wherever it could be, um, and even Asia. So understanding that and dealing with those triggers day in, day out, yes, she, I don't, she doesn't understand that. And once that comes about and it kind of opens up the reins a little bit more, you don't know what can happen. And again, these rules were put into place not because people are just making up stories Things actually took place. Sure. We're talking about Capriati. We're talking about these other females that have been in her situation success-wise yeah. that have burnt out. Right. So it's not like you're saying, well, we're just guessing that this could happen. It has happened. Ashley so, Barty. Another one. So we're saying maybe we know more than you know right now. That's maybe what the WTA is trying to say. You know, obviously you're helping us out. So it it would only help us for you to play more tournaments, but also looking to further you as a person and make sure you have the longevity that we aspire for. I mean, I think that's what the team around her, I hope, I truly hope, because I I just want them to look out for the person she is. And that, I mean, I'm talking about it. In 10 years from now, she's going to be two years older than I am. Yeah. I mean, she's still super young in 10 years from now. So we're talking, hoping 20 years. I mean, that is a lot can take place in that. And, oh, God, anything can happen. From a family's perspective, however, they're the ones who have really the ultimate responsibility here to protect their child, to protect their grandchild, niece, nephew, whomever it is. Um, I'm wondering what your parents did to kind of protect you, especially after you won Wimbledon, to make sure that you had that proper development. And and obviously it's a couple years older and wasn't the same success that Coco's having. But how how does a family unit support her, and especially with all these millions of dollars that are coming in with sponsorships and endorsements? Yeah, I I think it's a super difficult situation. Um, I, I was very fortunate to have people surrounding me Grounding me when I didn't want to be grounded and and just dealing with all these ins and outs. Obviously, again, you know, why I could be worried for Coco is solely because I didn't deal with the money. I, I didn't, you know, I, I had a little bit at the time after Wimbledon, but I wasn't dealing with millions of dollars. I wasn't dealing with, I mean, the publicity that, she's, that she has. You know, I had the team that protected me, but again, you know, there are still times where it was really difficult to not stay in the path, but at least mentally, day in, day out, stay yeah. on that path and make sure I was getting what I needed done. I mean, I think you could speak on this a little more. Do you, you feel, if you had a daughter, you know, you do. If, yes, if I do. If she was in this situation, that what would you tell your daughter right now? Um, it's it, the... You're around it, the tennis I, I'm world. I'm terrified you know, right you now. You know what it is. What does it mean for you to have a daughter, because you care first and foremost about her well-being, yeah. what she's going to be as a person when she's 35 years old what do you say i see the talent that is there right and if if i'm coco's father right now i see the fact that she's beaten venus williams she's reached the fourth round at wimbledon now she's in the third round at the u.s open i know she's ready for it in terms of that side 
I'm going to actually try and keep it as close to those limits of tournaments as I possibly can for as long as I can. I want her to enjoy the experience of meeting Michelle Obama. I'm not going to take that away from my child. There's no chance I would take that away from my child. I would also make sure she is limited in terms of her exposure so she doesn't get too big of a head. And I want to ground in her and instill in her the responsibility of you are now a role model. The kids you hung out with when you were younger are now looking up to you even though they're your friends. It is so crucial more than anything right now for Coco Goff's parents to be even more influential and be with her and make sure she understands it. The big question I have is not necessarily like you've said about Coco, whether she understands it or not. For me, it's the parents. I don't know the parents. I've never met them. I've heard nothing but good things about them. But that's the question for me. They are both former athletes themselves, not at nearly this high of a level. They are the ones who have to step up here and pull in the reins and make sure their daughter is protected. I have no doubt that they're doing that in the best way that they can. That's the question. If it's my daughter, I'm limiting it to the Grand Slams. I'm limiting it to the premier events. And that's about all I'm doing while she's on this rise right now because she's going to get the wild cards. So keep it reined in and make sure she enjoys the experience of being a child. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And then thinking about it and the way you're displaying it, it is the parents. It really, truly is. Um, I do think it's their job to instill the ideas of what it takes what it means to be where she is right now like you were saying she is now a role model for people she is once friends of and she is beating her role models and and all that you know all that comes with that and I just think it's really important for the parents to rein it in because everybody else is going to be pushing in a forward direction and I don't think the parents have to be doing that so you're 100% right I think it's a parent's job just to say we love you even Correct. if you stop tomorrow, yes. it doesn't matter. You've done an amazing job. You're an amazing girl. Because, you know, yes, she is who we're talking about right now. But there are men in this situation. We're talking about other people, whether it's, you know, the age of, like, Kekmanovic or, or Felix and yeah. all these guys. I mean, these are young guys. Yes. These are really young kids. And you're hoping. And, and you see, and I'm seeing the smiles on her face, but you're hoping that they're enjoying every second out here. Because they'll still be 28 playing the sport. Please smile. What's different, though, with regard to Felix, with regard to Chapo, this is international in, ter- in a different scale with Coco right now. Yes. Uh, and and uh, listen, Felix has gotten a ton of attention, and it's great. Chapo, the same way. Kitsmanovic. But it's, it's not nothing. It's not the same. And I, I, that's why my concern is so great, again, as a father more than anything else. Um, I remember a couple years ago, and I, I know I talked about this on air, and so I feel comfortable talking about it here. Felix losing in Stockton, and I'm going to say it was two years ago now in 2017. He lost first or second round in, in Stockton. Yes. And he was back behind me in that field, if you remember the yes. field in Stockton, and he was crying. Right. And he was, what, 16 at the time, something yeah. along those lines? And I, I was thinking to myself, this is not fair to a ch- I mean, it's right. a t- he's a kid. Right. He's a kid. It's just not right. And so that's, that's what I keep saying is this here at the U.S. Open, as we're recording it, you said it on, on CBS Sunday Morning, I, I believe. This is, this is not reality. Right. This is, this is a blip. 
It's just a band-aid for what tennis is actually dealing with, what the players deal with in the world of tennis. Right. You don't get to meet Michelle Obama every week. Most of the time, you may be grinding, no disrespect to the WTA event in Charleston, but you're grinding in Charleston. It's a fantastic event. It's not this. Right. It's not in Washington where you're meeting the former first lady. Right. It's not Ellen talking about you. Reality is a fucking grind. Yes. And, I, again, until the parents get out and see that on a regular basis until until Coco herself gets out there. Well, that's my worry. It's a, it's a full-time job yes. for the parents because, again, I always talk about why players have to support players. We're the only ones who know what we go through. Yeah. The, the parents have to fully engulf themselves in this world to understand the triggers, to understand what really goes on in their head, what goes on in their daughter's head, their son's head because... Yes, just like Felix was trying. I've been in the situation. Everybody's been in that situation before. We don't have to deal with the people cheering at the open. We have to learn how to deal with, I mean, the traumas of professional tennis. That's, if we could put that, if you can find out a way to deal with that on a more positive basis, then I can worry less. Then you start to worry less, but I think we have a long time until then. I think that's exactly right. It's it's funny. We're looking over the four, five, and six right now, and... The wind is pretty crazy, so apologies for, for that and that sound in the background. But there are more people up in those stands for on court five than, than come to a challenger in a week. And that's court five, let alone Armstrong, where the crowds for Coco are absolutely insane. Again, um, like I said, people are like, oh, you know, Noah, what are you saying? You know, look at tennis now. And I'm like, nice. This is a joke. This is, this is not reality. This is not what actually takes place. So, you know, we can use the opportunity for what it is. Yeah. This isn't tennis, though. Right. We have, to, uh, we have to get back to reality and understand that tennis is, you know, what I'm going to be dealing with in Cary, North Carolina in a few weeks from now. You know, even New Haven, which is a you know, pretty large event, almost an ATP event, that's what I'm dealing with. Even at that basis where I have probably five people coming out for my first round match I mean that that's just right. the average so um, getting that well, that's because nobody likes you right so it's 15 yeah right I lose for, the 10 yeah, people and, like, right, wait, an average it's people Noah yeah. on this court yeah we'll go something else Uber yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but that that's I mean that's I deal with that here even and I'm, <laughs> I'm home <laughs> um, I think um, I, I'm looking at it here from a from a more global perspective I like those age limits I am in strong disagreement to Roger Federer in this. Um, and actually, you had a disagreement with Mark Petchy about the idea with responsibility. Mark Petchy, a, a fantastic British commentator. Yes. Um, this idea of responsibility for a 15-year-old, he was very much saying that she can't handle it, and maybe she can. There are definitely some isolated, isolated people who are able to handle the responsibility of it at a very young age. I'd rather take the chance and say, no, they're not. Yes, it's this idea of consent, and we talked about it. You know, the NFL was talking about it with the you know the head injuries that have taken place. It's you know, is it okay if they're understanding that once you sign your contract, that there's a good chance that you're going to come away with some damage? Yeah, and it's that same idea. It's you know, the understanding with the consent. I don't know if you can actually have that in a sport like tennis, and and that's why I think we need as an organization as people that protect the players first and foremost I'm full in favor of the age I mean the age restrictions I think it's a must to see because I don't know 
you know, like we said, we want to grow the sport of tennis. How important Coco is. We already yes. see how important it is. Yeah. We already see that she transcends the sport even better than some of the other players coming up. Yes. So I think we need to have her for 20 years. Yes. I think that if we had her for a quick flash of, you know, five, eight years, yeah. is not as important as keeping her along for 20 years, you know, at the top of the game with a lot of excitement behind it. While we're here at the U.S. Open, um, I'm wondering what it's been like for you walking around the grounds outside of all of the media responsibilities that you've had for uh, Behind the Racket. Um, I've Nobody actually knows who I am. Then why they am I? Nobody is Behind the Racket. Why are people talking to me about the podcast then? I don't know because, okay, take a poll, and I already know the answers to this, but it's your voice. And, I, and, and it's been said people, before. People don't just walk up to me and say, excuse me, can you talk real quick? Can you just whisper in my ear a little bit? <laughs> no, but it's 100% true. I'm telling you. And I get compliments all the time for you. Oh, that's that very nice. Like, your voice is insane. And honestly, it's, it's literally either I heard your podcast or I love Behind the Racket. There's... And I get it. I don't win tennis matches that often, but it's not Noah Rubin anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. You know, which, you know, honestly, in my head... And I've gotten some backlash on Twitter for this all the time where people are saying that I'm going to say anything I can to get in the media's attention now. Yeah. There's a bigger cause here. I think we both have an understanding of what it is. And I'm happy to be a part of it, whether it's a podcast, whether it's Behind the Racket. I know we're doing some good that's not only you know helping us and, and, and allowing yeah. us to get our word out, but spreading a, a larger word, something more meaningful that can actually not only help a sport – help the people within it right so i think that's super important well what i was going to ask though is it seems to me and, and so many people in cincinnati and here in new york have come up and just actually said thank you for showing a different side um and i know you've gotten a lot of that with behind the racket but it, it's been actually really eye-opening for me to to understand how many people really didn't have an understanding of it until you started talking about it until this podcast became a little bit bigger as well. And thank you to the Tennis Channel Podcast Network for allowing us to take it to even a bigger audience. It's really crucial and it's amazing how people are now willing to talk about it just more and more. And you're seeing it on social media all the time. 100%. And we're tired. Yeah. You and I are, are, are constantly tired. Yes. But that gives me the motivation. Yes. You know, somebody comes up to me and they say, thank you. Or they say, I didn't have an understanding. Or I'm a new fan of tennis again. Yeah. All these things are, they come together. And I know, you know, some we get, you know, on our own personal. But a lot of them we get together and they're thanking yeah. us. And it's like, that's why we're doing this. That's why after 12-hour days that you have and after matches at 10 p.m. that I have that I'll continue to work. It's because there's a larger responsibility here. That once I'm done with tennis and I only have this amount of time... I want to leave a mark. We want to leave a mark. And I yes. think, you know, obviously the Tennis Channel is doing an incredible job now of allowing us to share our story and, and giving us the platform. But, you know, we're going to continue to do this on every level because people don't have any clue what's going on. And I think if we get the public's attention and awareness on what tennis players actually deal with, I think there could be a tremendous backing. And, I, and I'm really excited to see where tennis can evolve in the next five, ten years. I can't wait, though. I will fully admit. Do I want to hear this. I can't wait until you and I are both retired from the sport and kind of out of the sport a little bit. Because that podcast, holy shit. <laughs> We're going to have to be, all, over my, all my head thinks about like Raw Dog on Sirius where they're saying like the dirtiest stuff. I, I can't even <laughs> fathom 
the things that would come out of our <laughs> mouths when we're not employed by anybody. I mean, I already talked about, you know, God willing, if I make it to 80, pants are optional. I'm going up to everybody and saying whatever's on my mind. I already say it now. Yeah. It's going to be a scary world. There's going to be uh, one day where you and I just sit down and all of the things we talk about before the podcast starts, we're just going to throw it That's out gonna there. Be That's going to be it. And that, that podcast. And we're just going to string along people that are walking behind us every time and just say, how do you feel about this? Hey, there's Michael Chang over there. Michael Chang. Michael Chang. He once told me a really not so funny joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kobe Bryant was here earlier today. Kobe too. was here. He's a tremendous new fan of tennis. I didn't say hi to him because. So he's not on behind the racket. Not yet. No. Okay. Um, so that does it for another edition of the Coffee Cast with Cation and Ruben. Powered by Behind the Racket. Who's coming up, by the way? Um, I know you've been working a lot on that this week. Who can you tell us is going to be released in the next week or so? Yeah, so Ekaterina Makarova is okay. a good one. I have a couple cool ones coming up on other sides for Toro, Jimmy Connors. Really? Yes. And I'm going to butcher this name, so I'm sorry. Patrick Moritoglu? Sure. Yeah, no, so, that works. Um, yeah, so I have a lot of cool guys on that side. Baghdadis coming yes. up as well so a lot of people that I, I respect and admire and and hopefully have you know a lot to say on the sport you know you did michael costa earlier this week i did you know did he tell you tell i me. gave him a start true story a dead i'm Stop dead serious name dropping don't do it for the camera why are you doing this you he didn't tell you <laughs> no he didn't oh no he didn't tell me anything i'm dead serious i gave him his start his first broadcasting he's lying Absolutely true. Mix 94.5 in Champaign, Illinois. I, I said, hey, come on the air, be a guest, because I think you'd be good. Why didn't you get a shout-out? I'd be really upset. Michael, if you... Which you probably uh, he knows. won't. He but knows. if you see this... He listens. Tell me if he's lying or not. He listens. <laughs> he listens. I'll show you some text. So that's going to do it for another episode. We will probably have some more. In fact, as I mentioned, I'm going to be recording one hopefully a little bit later today after Noah leaves for New Haven. Um, and, and we'll make sure to get that out on Monday as well. But for Noah Rubin, my Cation is signing off. You've been listening to The Coffee Cast with Cation and Rubin, powered by Behind the Racket. <laughs>